Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel! I'm Rob, and with me today is... Left! And... Sage. Alright guys, we have a jam-packed show. I think today is the day we get to demos. Before we demos... I thought that day would come. I know! But before that, before the news, before everything, I have a couple things to share with you guys. Oh yes, yeah, you mentioned... Um, I'm calling this Misadventures in Game Hunting at the local game stores. <laughs> is this a new segment? Well, it's not an official but, segment. But at the same time, you already kind of had the story when you guys went Amiibo shopping that time. So is, is this this like, is obviously an on-trend thing for people maybe who do game hunts. Yeah. So a couple a couple quick ones, and it ends with a funnier one, kind of. So I go game hunting with one-time co-host, uh, occasional guest, Marshall. And we have a code for game hunting. The code is, if we know we want a game... Like, say I want uh, Lunar 1. If he sees it first, he's like, man, I found Lunar 1, but I know you wanted it. You have first dibs. Or, if we both see a game we want, the first person who finds it has first dibs. Pretty pretty simple stuff. So, <laughs> so that's our code, and it works well. And we have what we call the Geno Trip. Every second Friday, we go to Geno's, which is one of the game stores, and, and buy some games. So we look forward to the Geno Trips. Spend a lot of money <laughs> every other week. And uh, one time we went with another friend, a listener, Jeremy, who used to listen sometimes, and this is a really funny little story. So, Marshall was at the counter, and he was looking at this box copy of Persona Q, the collector's edition, and he's like, man, I kind of want this, I'm thinking about getting it. And so he puts it down, and he's like, I'm not sure, and then Jeremy instantly goes over, or Marshall turns around and walks towards the wall, <laughs> Jeremy comes over like, I'll take it, and he looks at me and goes, can I borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> so I left the money, and he bought it! <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, so we were me and Marshall and then and Gino who was there too, we've been joking. So whenever one of us picks up something, like if <laughs> the ongoing joke now is that if Marshall has a game in his hand, I like I'll be like, Oh I'm gonna take that and I'll take it from his hand and be like, I'm gonna buy this and then I'll like kinda of borrow some money. So that <laughs> So that's kinda of fun. Uh but uh, that's the thieving Jeremy story. But this is a story that happened. this other one is what happened to us last Friday or no, Tuesday. Because because of Canada Day being a holiday we decided to give ourselves an additional Geno trip, our second Friday, because Tuesday we had it was like a Friday. So we go up and we go to the, that game store, Geno. Uh, we I call him Geno; it's not his name, but we're gonna call him Geno. <laughs> and and um, so we come in, and and he's like, he he wants we're regulars, I guess you could say, and he, he's like, I need some advice. Uh, I think there's somebody stealing Pokemon cards from me because he sells cards and Magic cards and in games, and. Uh, he's like, there's this kid, he's like 15 year old or so, and he was in earlier, and, and I think he stole some cards. So he has the footage up, and he's like, can see that the kid was like <laughs> swiping cards and stuff. And he's like, I'm not sure what I should do. Should I like just kick him out forever? Do I confront him? And we're like, we're not really sure. Like, I don't know. You, I, I would probably kick him out or whatever. But he wasn't there. So he came in, and he basically put the cards in his binder, and then left. And I thought it was pretty funny. And, you know, bad. Like, don't steal, obviously. But while we were there, I'm picking up my games, a bunch of Super Nintendo games, pretty cool stuff. I can tell you what I got later. Um, so while I'm paying, while I'm getting stuff ready, the kid comes back in. I'm like, oh, me and Mars, like, and then, uh, just like, oh, he's back. I'm like, oh, we, we want to see what goes down. And uh, <laughs> so, so we were, so we were there, and he was there, and. I was like, okay, well, I want to pay for my stuff now in case shit gets real, and I, I want to be able to bail in case it goes ugly. He's like, gunfight, yeah, yeah, kid, and Gino busts out or something. something crazy yeah, happens. Okay. So I pay for my games, and he's there, and the kid has the Pokemon cards again. 
and he's stealing. He's in the middle of stealing again. Did you did you see him do it? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. So so me and Marshall were like kind of like immature, like he this kid's gonna get busted for stealing. And so uh, I pay for my stuff, and we're just like waiting. And Gino just quietly walks over into the other. So it's two rooms. They're connected. He walks over and sits down across from him. And we didn't hear the first part because we were in the other room. There's a bunch of people in the store, so we missed the first exchange. And Marshall slowly. Idled our way into the room because we, because we're you know we're, we're mature people we want to see, we want to see what's going on so I come in and I overhear him and he's like uh, are there any more of my cards in your box there uh, and the kid's like yeah so at that point Gino had the papers like look I see you stealing and the kid admitted it pretty easily I'm surprised actually and he's like yeah he's like, yeah and I'm trying to remember exactly what he said so so he's like any more of my cards in the box and the kid's like yeah he 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 gets them and he just packs like the paper he puts the papers back up that Gino had to show him that caught him stealing and he's like <laughs> in quiet quietly and monotone of no menace kind of almost almost friendly he was like <laughs> pack your things and leave the store immediately i never want to see you here again <laughs> and he got him and walked away and the kid <laughs> well he's like 15 so he's like a teenager just hung his head and walked out of this anyways that's the story that's the gino that's the misadventures in game games the local game stores Jeez. Don't steal Pokemon cards. Yeah, I'd say. All right, or anything. Else. Or anything. All right. <laughs> so I felt a little bad, like kind, like later on, I was thinking like it was funny, but I felt like so you know if he was just some poor kid who wanted to steal Pokemon cards, I feel a little bad. But he shouldn't steal Pokemon. Well, like cards. it's not bread for your family. That's what I mean. There's no, there's no legitimate reason to steal Pokemon cards. It's a hobby. You don't need a Pokemon. So card. we need to damage what a theft. Um, okay, the theft for stealing games and game related things. Okay. Bringing back the game rating system. <laughs> for this three, the kid has three hearts. How much do you damage him for stealing for Pokemon stealing Pokemon cards? cards? Yeah. There so, we go. That's okay, better. Okay. We okay. Got it, yeah. Well, like, yeah. He didn't steal anything so bad because they're just Pokemon. Didn't steal like, a kidney. Steal, well, or like, I, I, didn't steal Chrono Trigger. Well, exactly. He didn't steal like an expensive game. Now I don't know the value of Pokemon cards. They range. That's what I mean. I think so, he tried to sell some of them back to him too. Which, ooh, that's he bought a couple. Packs. That would be yeah. more damage. How much damage? Um, it's, I don't know the value of what he stole. Let's though. say so uh, six dollars a card how many, for a card. For, okay, some per cards. card. Some in, cards aren't six dollars. Well, I don't know. Stealing is always bad. That's true. It's less. It's for your family. You're so dying. I, I kind of want to go like three quarters hearts damage. Okay, three just be, just, the only reason it's not full damage is because yeah. it was just simply Pokemon cards. That's true. But if it was magic cards, I'd be that would be a different story. Yeah, no, no. I will give him three quarters damage as well because I have a little sympathy for him. Like maybe maybe he can't buy Pokemon cards and he really needs a good deck. Like he wants to make like a Charizard deck or something. And I don't think that's a viable thing <laughs> But, you know, he just, he really needs those cards. So I need three, what is the image? Seiji. Full damage. Full damage from Seiji. I knew it! The, the ethics. Seiji cracks up. Kid, don't you steal. Seiji <laughs> will come after you. Exactly. So that, that's, that's my story. Would you guys think pretty good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Fun. That's pretty Hopefully fun. I find more weird stuff Hopefully. coming. I, I, I'm, it saddens me to see people ripping off Gino. If he feels, it, it makes it feel better. I spent a lot of money. When I yeah, there you go. So. There you go. So. He evened out as Pokemon Lost, which robs insane amount of purchases. I like video games. Oh, I did, what is that trip? What did I pick up? I got Drakengard for the PS2, Cool Spot for the SNES, Kakoma Knight in Busy Land for the SNES. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I got, uh, what else did I get? I got like three, other, four other ones. No, three other other SNES games. Spider Man. Yeah, you mentioned that one. Too. And I got another one you liked. Oh, I got Crash Incredible Crash Test Dummies. Crash Test Dummies, yeah. And one other one. Yeah, this is kind of cool. I I went in there like two three weeks ago to buy a Mario RPG, 
And he had a copy of Mega Man X across the counter. Yeah. And I was just staring at it because I love it. And I looked at him and I said, can I have a copy? Do you have a copy of Mega Man RPG for the Super Nintendo? And he gave me this weird look and I didn't realize I said Mega Man RPG. Yeah, I was say, yes, not. <laughs> and then he's like, what did you say? And then I said Mega Man RPG again. <laughs> and he just gave me this look and then my girlfriend nudged me and she's like, you're saying Mega Man, not Mario. And I'm like, right. So yeah, that was my <laughs> You got it though, right? I got it. Oh yeah. That's a great game. I've been playing That it. Mega Man you're looking at on the wall? I know. You, you got I the bought box. that box. I know. Yeah. I would have bought it if I, you got there probably an hour before I, I did. played Mega Man Song. Soccer? Yes. No, I want to. Though. Yes, I used to love Mega Man Soccer. It's it's great. I really it's amazing. That. Yeah, yeah. It's classic. I almost got that, but I got Genghis Khan instead. <laughs> instead of Mario it, RPG. It, no, instead of Mega Man Soccer. Oh. Is Mega Man Soccer not that expensive? No, it's like, like sixty bucks. Sixty? Yeah. Okay, that reminds me. Say, it's like twenty. I'd order. No, no. Geng- Genghis Khan was like twenty. So I'm like, yeah, I'll yeah, go with that one. Gotta get Genghis Khan. Yeah, we're yeah. good for bottom barrel. Right? Yeah, Genghis Khan Legend or Clan of the Grey Wolf, two. Guys, let's stop. Let's stop goofing around. Okay, it's not being serious. It's news. It's news time. I'm gonna start things off. Mario creator Miyamoto not working on Nintendo's NX console. Nintendo legend is pulling back from hardware development to focus on games. This is from Gamespot. Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario: The Legend of Zelda, I think you may have heard of them, and Mega Man RPG, and many other Nintendo <laughs> franchises, has revealed he is not continuing the development of the company's next gaming console. Yeah, uh, he's like, I pulled. I've pulled myself back out of some of the harbor section, and I'm really focused on some of the software I'm involved in. For example, the new Star Fox game, he said. <laughs> so what do you guys think about that? What's your opinion? Any opinion on that? I, I think that it opens the door for a lot of really high-quality games by Miyamoto, because he's, he's working on games. Yeah, he's, not, he's right, not mucking so. around with the, yeah, the hardware. So. What's, what's he really doing for the hardware, anyway? What can he do? I don't know. He's probably pretty smart guy. He, was really, he was really involved with the Wii U design. What do you think he did? Do you think he just like, looked at it? played it, I guess, and be like, I don't like this? No, I mean, so there's a philosophy behind Nintendo's console, right? Uh, that that kind of started with a Wii, and then they want to, I think they, they wanted to create a, uh, like the next version of the Wii, and they had all this philosophy that they wanted to, to experiment with the, with the Wii U, and I think that him as a, as a lead of, of the software department wanted some kind of innovations in the in interface and so on. So I think he was heavily involved with the about the general design of it and the philosophy behind huh. it. There we go. Not this time. No, so here's the question. So if the the NX, whatever it's going to be called, comes out, it's more powerful than PlayStation, you can chat with your friends, you can add people to your friends list easy, it's fun, it gets third-party support, then we know that Miyamoto's been the problem the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so if it catches up with the other system, it's all Miyamoto's fault. Not Reggie's, though. No, no. I got more news. Uh, Pokemon Shuffle Mobile coming this year. That's kind of that's, that's a pretty big thing in a way, cool. actually. That's cool. It's a big thing. It yeah. fits that platform oh, very well. Big time. But that's a Nintendo franchise, Nintendo game going to mobile. Non-Nintendo har- har- hardware. Other than the Philips stuff, this could be the first time, right? No. Um, or there, since, right? There is Pokemon uh, stuff in, in mobile already. In games? Yeah. Which ones? Uh, there's a Pokemon card game, and then there's oh, Pokemon right, the game. Ranch or something that. like that. Okay. Um, but it seems like the Pokemon company is run independently from Nintendo, although Nintendo owns it. Yeah. Um, they do their, their own stuff. So okay, well, my bad have, about that. But. They have PC games and mobile games, but yes, this is the first one that I can remember that was a game first on yeah. a Nintendo platform and it's going to mobile. In that case, yes, I think this is the first time. Pretty crazy. 
That's a good. I, I, I mean, this this fits that platform so well that I mm-hmm. don't feel any like fear or anything. I'm just gonna go through my news, and then you guys can jump in with yours because then it's easier for me. Tower control mode added to Splatoon. Yep, I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't played Splatoon in like three weeks. Still play, still play. How is yeah. it? So I don't know. So with Splatoon, it's a lot of fun. I played it all day. I've synced more than fifty hours already on Splatoon, and I'm playing on a daily basis. So I was working towards my my rank. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's super hard. Man, is it? Get, it's so slow. It, it but it's hard. Yeah. But it's but it's rewarding. So I got to B minus. To me was like a big achievement. And then almost immediately the next day, Tower Control um, replaced Splat Zones. So this is one thing that I don't I don't it really get. It replaces it? Yes, yes. So yes. it's not like another new mode. It, it changes... For ranked, though. For ranked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So you can still play both in regular... No, I don't know. I don't think tower so, defenses in regular. Matches. Oh, that's weird. So, so okay, so this is how it works. So you go to the lobby, right? And yeah. then there are three options. The the the, the bottom uh, option is to join a friend's uh, session, whatever they're playing. I think. Yeah. So and then there are two options, which, which are actually game modes. The right. first one is a regular battle, which is just uh, turf wars. Yeah. It's always turf wars. Okay. And it, you you either lose or win. You get you get points. Yeah. Rank mode. You work towards your rank, and if you lose, you don't get anything. I know, it's annoying. Right? So that was, originally was the Splat Zones, which was was a lot of fun. I like Splat Zones. Yes. Yeah. And they replaced it for Tower Control. That's weird. You don't take away options. You don't take away modes. That's super weird. Like, it's a good mode. You like it. I don't know about Tower ones. I didn't play it. But to remove one mode and replace another, to not move it so that you can select it, or have it in the rotation. That is a really weird and not... I don't think... I, from a game player's perspective, not a good move. Don't take away things you give me. Add things. Unless it's like a game balancing thing. But that's not in this case. Well, I'm not entirely sure what's going on. They yeah. they seem... Nintendo seems to be experimenting a lot with Splatoon. Yeah. I kind of appreciate that. I like experimenting, um, but that's weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I kind of kind of want to play Splatoon whenever I would. Yeah, of to, course. But... You, anyway. I, I think so, but that you know the the way Splatoon seems to work is how every like three four hours the two levels rotate and you get two more levels. Oh my god, I and hate! I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of have the same thing, being like, hey, for this amount of time you play Splat Zones and then you play Tower Defense, whatever it's called. So like maybe that would be okay the, if it's a rotation I, I, thing. And, but... and right now, like Sage said, they're probably experimenting, but. It would make sense that they go in that sort of direction because that's how the game's already kind of being played. I don't like that every time you turn that game on, you have to fucking watch the Fresh Sisters mm-hmm. rap about. It's really annoying. Every and you can't skip it. And there's a lot to oh, say I now because they announced like the regular playboard maps and then the ranked maps, and it's just like, oh my it's god, it's like it's like, so much. Like it's, I don't, I just, want, I'll figure it out when I get in the game. At least a way to skip it would be nice. Yeah, it's like I like I like Splatoon. I think it's a good game, and you know I hope we do a game talk episode at some time. And I. I, I Spoiler alert, I'm not going to damage it highly. I just, uh, I like a lot about it, but some things, it's not a perfect game. Like, it wasn't, it didn't live up to quite as much hype as as you had incidentally built in my head for the game. Like, because of your hype, it started to rub off and like, man, but it's still a fun game, and for that platform, it's one of the best multiplayer games right now, but I don't know, I just, uh, this I don't have news on this, by the way, but I read this this morning, but apparently there's a patch, or a mod in TF2 that makes it like, uh, Platoon, so yeah, I haven't so checked it out. Regarding cool. Splatoon, they've been releasing new content every week. This yeah. week's update was 1.3.0. They it was a balancing update. They changed a, a, a lot of how certain um, weapons work. 
And they added uh, tower control last night, I think. It was last night. Yeah, July first. Yeah. yeah, and it was a lot of fun. So what what it what it is is that there's a there's a moving platform in the center of, of the stage, and then you you capture it, and yeah. then it starts moving towards your enemy's zone. And that there's a, there's a place in your enemy's you know area where you have to get. So it's it's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's so is cool. it is it the first one to bring the tower to the enemy zone kind yeah. of thing, or is it who is on it the longest? Oh yeah, it I depends. Win. So you win if you take the tower to the enemy zone, right? Okay. But if the time is up, then after whoever minutes, had it most control. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's I that's like that. Yeah. But it's it's even more oriented to actually like battling than splat zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in in that way, I like Turf Wars the best. Uh, that's what I have to say about it. Okay. So Nintendo uh, has announced. Miiverse will be getting a redesign and new features this summer. I don't know if you guys heard about that already. Uh, the Wii U and 3DS social network will look different after the update. While users will be able to save up to 100 screenshots and personal albums, they won't be visible to other users. A new Play Journal feature will allow you to record your thoughts on games as you play them. Uh, as a side note, this is from IGN. I just want to make sure I give credit to who it should be. So... Uh, sorry, a new play journal feature will allow you to record your thoughts in the game as you play them. It's accessed by opening, accessed by opening Miiverse when you're playing. Doing so will take, uh, will also take a screenshot to show what was happening in the game and when you did so, unless the game doesn't support screenshots. The play journal is a replacement for posting to your activity feed, so you won't be able to do this anymore once the redesign launches. Communities will also be redesigned, so you can see more information in three self-explanatory sections. The final change we've been told about is that you'll be able to post in succession more regularly. You can post a combined total of 30 posts or comments a day, not including game posts. I didn't know there was a limit. But, mm-hmm, that's cool. but yeah, big redesign coming, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, doesn't say anything about chatting with your friends or making it easier to add them to your But list. they said that's all I told them. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. Maybe, Maybe it'll be a, a functional network and not the poop that we have right now. Although yeah. I do like Meatverse in general, I will say. So I got something. Cool. I have one more thing to do. Um, maybe it's this one, but this one? it looks like no, that's oh, cool. Okay. Though. Um, but it looks like Shovel Knight is getting a yes, a yes, physical release so for all that. platforms. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Especially that. people. Yeah, exactly. I figured Rob would be really excited because you were you're like I like to play it, but I don't know. But if it's physical, I know you're like going to get it. Physical was like a like I was holding out. If it, if I knew for sure they're like no, we're not coming out with one. Then I would have probably buckled and bought it, but now I'm gonna wait for physical for sure. Yeah. So and PS4. apparently all of the, um, yeah, DLC, current and future you yeah, get come with it for with the physical copies. So that's pretty cool. I'm definitely gonna pick it up. So that's what console Wii U? Yeah, yeah. I mean for the PS4, uh, I think. And I, I was actually gonna get money number nine for the Wii U, but I'm gonna get yeah. PS4. The reason being is I found the collector's edition available on Best Buy. But not for the Wii U, oh, so I got that one instead because it comes with a, like a, like a toy. And yeah, shit. it's so cool. Screw you, Rob. Why did you get it? Because I don't have a PS4. Oh uh, well, <laughs> get one of those. <laughs> it's easy, right? Yeah. All right. Nintendo responds to negative Metroid Prime Federation Force reaction. So this is from IGN. Nintendo has acknowledged the fan reaction that Metroid Prime has been largely negative, saying there's no shirt encoding it. Speaking to Mashable, Nintendo of America boss and our friend and personal friend of me, that's Rob, uh, Reggie Fizeme acknowledged that fans were disappointed not to see a traditional Metroid Prime game make an appearance, especially given how high fandom it has been, but that the company was adamant it had to avoid older franchises becoming stale. We're talking, or sorry, we're taking our great IP and transforming them and making them new again, 
making them fresh and appealing to the fan who feels they know the franchise, but we're giving them new things to enjoy. What the fan at home saw was something in the Metroid Prime universe that they weren't expecting. The reaction's been negative. There's no sugarcoating in it. This is an example of where fans who aren't able to get their hands in the game may be at a bit of a competitive disadvantage. Everyone who has played what we were showing regarding Metroid Prime, they've come across fully pleased. My ask is that fans trust us. We believe that in order to propel the franchise forward, we need to be the ones to constantly change the or challenge the paradigms, challenge the conventional wisdom, challenge what we thought was the essence of the particular franchise and particular form of gameplay. And yeah, so they're like, we know best. They're basically. defending, yeah, they're defending. So is that the the Metro the Metro game? Federation, the battle ba- blast Buster yeah, Balls or what okay, is it? Okay. <laughs> Ball Buster. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, I, I I understand them wanting to defend it, but it's not like the reason why people are upset is because they were expecting a Metroid game, and this is not really. Yeah, this it's, is, it's in the Metroid universe. This is Buster Balls. Yeah, what was it really called? I blast Balls. Blast. Well, that was that was like a mini game. <laughs> I know, I know, it, but that's so. what people thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, like I, I understand them more. defending it. So. It's Samus Ballbuster, the game. From what I've heard from <laughs> from reports, that uh, the Blast Ball mini game or whatever, it's a lot of fun. That's good. But yeah, you're right. I think you made a mistake like, putting it. And the worst thing is, it, it didn't. It, it, okay, the problem with 3DS games is that they look great on the on the system usually, but when you show them off, yeah. blown up, and are on HD or whatever the hell they do to show them, it looks bad. Like they never look that good. And no, you're right. That you're game right. didn't look that good. It certainly didn't feel like Metro because Metro Prime, even on the GameCube and stuff, look really nice. Those are good looking games. And then I see these like weird, um, all they weren't me style, but they're almost felt me style robots and shit. It was just kind of gross. Uh, I wish they would update the me's and make them less shitty. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't don't go as far as the Xbox did with theirs. You remember the 360s? Yeah, it yeah, was a little yeah. bit too realistic. But they had like a lot of fun things to do with the advertising. You could unlock different costumes, yeah, in certain like games, that. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Mii's are kind of weak. Career. They're Not okay in the Wii, character. but Wii yeah. should have even like the Wii, like the Mii's in Tamodachi Life had a little bit more body to them, and and then there was um, the me the me characters in Smash were okay, I guess. But well, those, those ones bodies. are bodies, but like. It would be really cool if you could take your me character and smash and use that as your actual me. Like yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah, I don't like the me's right now. They're kind of they're boring. But so I mean, take the smash me's and actually put those yeah, as yeah. your me's. Like that give would them be... some fucking clothes. Yeah, I don't like wear... amiibos. Unlock stuff. You have amiibos yeah. for stuff. Why right? am I wearing like... a, a plain black yeah. shirt that covers my my fist like I'm like some <laughs> sort of emo goth band? <laughs> And gray pants. I just want to or have Final like a, Fantasy like a t-shirt with a, like a Mario face on it yeah, or something. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, you got any news there, Sage? Um, there were some Amiibo-related news. Oh, there was Amiibo. Some, I saw that. There were yeah. some restocks last week. I, lo- I, I didn't get any of those. It was kind of sad. Well, I got Lucario. You got Lucario, but I... Uh, so, anyway, whatever. Yeah, I um, Fucking it, there's there's still uh, some restocks happening apparently on Walmart in in Amazon. I believe so, when I see it. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> it's probably course, gonna happen, but then they're gonna be sold out. They'll be gone immediately. I kind of I'm just sad about the US. Dark Pit. Yeah. is what you're gonna talk about, right? Yes. Yeah. So Dark Pit and Palutina are the next amiibos. Palutina, just those two? That's is that the next wave? Just yes, the two? next. That's wave five A. I think they're called. yeah. Oh, okay, there's there's okay. Ganon and stuff shortly after, right? Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna get Palutina, and I'm already angry about it. Uh, Dark Pit is eBay exclusive. No, Best Buy. It's Best Buy exclusive. <laughs> eBay exclusive. Which, which <laughs> kind of will be. Scalper eBay exclusive. Kind of bad. But there's, there's no pre-orders. It's in-store yeah. only. Which kind of 
makes it better because we can go there in the morning and kind of. Like, yeah, yeah, we have a shot at that now, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So we have a shot there. Um, that's it. Oh, there's also some pretty. So, I, don't know, I don't know if this is news, but one sec. Is Palantina also Best Buy? Best Buy exclusive? We don't know. We don't know, but no, apparently not. Okay, no. Maybe they'll make. It's probably going to be another exclusive. Yeah, if it's just those two, you'd think they'd make a bunch of them. No, that's wrong. not going to happen. Maybe that's I the plan. Want. Maybe that's Pit. the plan. Pit is one of the rarest one. Dark Pit. I saw more rare. Cannot Pit. be more popular, right? Yeah. Well, if people well, like I don't know. characters more. Pit, uh, Jordan, uh, our unofficial guest Jordan, wants a pit and wants Dark Pit really badly. Mm. And she thinks it's cruel that I don't open my pit. But I think it's it's merciful that I open my pit. He's not exposed to the to the, the elements. He's <laughs> protected on my wall with all his friends. They're just chilling out. I have talking, online in front of my TV. Conversing a pit? No, no, my four amiibos. Oh, okay. I have a cool deal news kind of thing. All right. So the, if you go to a Nintendo store directly from Nintendo.com, they have a they have a store section. They they're, they're having a Fourth of July weekend sale. So this also covers Monday, which you're probably on time to get some of the sales. There's a really good. Uh, Crystal Red Nintendo 2DS is refurbished for 75 bucks. Oh, it's pretty cool. If you don't 2DS. have a, a, a DS or a, a 3DS or a 2DS and you want one, this might be a. Mm-hmm. Ever use a 2DS? I haven't. I've used one in store. Greg's had one. Oh, did he? Yeah, for some reason. I, I lent him enough money that time to buy it. This is when Pokemon came out. I want to play Pokemon. I always try to push. Like, Greg always wants to play the games <laughs> I do, but for some reason at the time he doesn't have the money for it. So I always try to push him, and I just throw money at him. They're like, "Get, get it!" So I have you to play with. So I got, I lent, I lent him money to get a 3ds to go get an XL and Pokemon, and he comes back with a 2ds. And like, what's wrong with you? You could have got a 3ds XL, and he, he got a stupid 2ds, and it broke on him too. So. <laughs> <laughs> they looked really they cheap. Look, they do look cheap. They look They're just cheap. made for kids. Yeah, I don't. I never really understood. That's right, Greg. I'm calling you out. Why didn't you buy it? And what is it? The 2DS XL is like Japan only still? Is that ever changed? Oh, the, mini, the non-XL. The new 3DS normal one. Japan. No, isn't, isn't the XL Japan? Oh, no, no, I, I have the 3DS, new 3DS XL. No, 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 no. sorry. The 2DS XL. There's isn't that Japan? 2DS XL? Maybe I'm thinking something else. I think it's just one size. I thought there was one. Ex- yeah, I thought there was one that was made for Japan. Well, there's the new 3DS non-XL, which didn't come over here with faceplates. Maybe that's what I'm And people about. want a faceplates, but they can't have them. They can't handle Well, actually, I hear they might be coming over. You can't so handle faceplates, North America. Can. Any other news? No. All right, so uh, up next, demos? Are we doing it, guys? Are oh, we ready? Let's demo. Shoot. All right, up next, demos. What is a demo? I got some information. Alright, I gathered I gathered this a little while ago. Entertain me, bro. I think I think I gathered this this information two months ago. <laughs> it took us two months to get to this. What is a demo? It's basically, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, either a timed version of a game, a piece of a game, usually in earlier stages, a special version of a game for a demo only, like Bravely Default. Like you can it's made just as a demo. Uh, they're usually free. But occasionally they're bundled with a game you have to buy. Or in the past, when magazines existed, they would come with those. Magazines don't exist <laughs> anymore. anymore. There, there are playable demos and non-playable. Uh, playable have gameplay of some form. Although the gameplay may not be as robust as the full version. 
and non-playable are basically like teaser trailers and shit. Uh, I couldn't find out what the first demo was. I looked really hard. I went to Reddit, couldn't find it. Uh, but I did get a, an excerpt from a Gamasutra article about demos. So I'm going to read it to you, to you fine folks. Gamers from the 8-bit and 16-bit era can attest that the idea of a game demo is absolutely unheard of in the contra- or cartridge era. Unlike modern disc-based mediums, cartridges were too expensive to produce for sake of a demo. The closest thing to a demo in back back then was a single game store kiosk that one might find on occasion at a toy or department store. Gamers who were wise enough to send in the registration cards that came with their games, systems, and magazine subscriptions were sometimes free to a preview video via VHS tapes, which I have one of. Yes, Aladdin? Exactly. Of upcoming hot games from major developers. Some of them were more widely distributed preview videos like Donkey Kong Country, Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I had the Donkey Kong Country one. Oh, really? Yeah, I That's did. That's really cool. Uh, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. I want, I want to hear more, more about it. Uh, promos are currently archived on YouTube for anyone looking to indulge in 90s campy goofiness. Uh, and uh, it may be hard for some to believe, but the newsstand was once the center of a video game news and information, particularly during the 32-bit era when games were beginning to reach a much broader mainstream audience and shed their identity as mere toys. The allure of demos was well-established with the gaming public thanks to Sony PlayStation. Gamers only wanted more and more magazine publications... Sorry, gamers only wanted more, and magazine publications were eager to fulfill this desire. The official U.S. PlayStation magazine, which is one I will talk about in a little bit, was one of the first to seize the opportunity. From the very beginning, OPM... <laughs> OPM... Included a demo disc with every issue. The demos that came packed in each issue were, were no push however. Uh, the uh, OPM issue 23 demo disc included a playable version of Macross VF2, a game that mysteriously never saw release in the States. The demo discs were the biggest draw for most gamers and were undoubtedly a major incentive for subscribers. Again, I'll come back to that because yeah. it's very true for me. Um, it was a similar case with the short-lived official Dreamcast magazine in the US, which also included a demo disc in each issue. The official Xbox magazine followed suit with Microsoft entering the video game market. Seeing the success, many other magazines began including demo and preview discs on a quarterly or seasonal basis, for good reason too. Uh, these issues were often proved to be the most popular newsstands. Uh, ever quick take advantage of the situation, Sony thought it was wise to charge players for special, specially released demo discs at retail stores. During the PS2 era, the notorious overpriced and overwhelmed PlayStation Underground Jam Pack series sold for $10 and was ba- simply a compilation of past demos that PlayStation Underground members got for free in the mail. Once again, a reminder that filling in those registration cards actually pays off. Microsoft followed suit with the Exhibition Xbox demo series. And to their credit, Microsoft Exhibition series was cheaper at $8.00 and featured exclusive demos including the infamous Exhibition Volume 2 demo disc that included the full Japanese version oh, really, of Capcom vs. SNK 2. Whether this was done purposely or an accident is uncertain, but it was a major bonus to fighting game fans. Uh, I'll link to this article because cool. there's more to it. And lastly, I did get a little a little uh, comment from someone named Nubachu on Retro, when I posted on Retro Gaming on Reddit. He said, It's hard to separate what was hardware, what was shareware and what a demo is. Uh, back in the mid-late 80s, there were a lot of shareware. You could go to a software store and pick up a disc with tw- 10 to 20 really basic games on it for just a couple of dollars. Apogee and ID were the first publishers I remember that had demos or shareware that were legit games. Commander Keen and Wolfenstein 3D. You could basically play a, a third or a quarter of the full game for free, and then it would direct you to a phone number when you could call and, fu- uh, call and order the full version. Back in 92, every clone PC you bought came with a copy of the shareware version of Wolfenstein. And uh, so that's the stuff I have to read. I have questions and just discuss demos, but that's so, the little history. So I, I heard you guys talk about this before, and I, and I don't even know this term. What's shareware? So back in the day, there were 
and you can get this either digitally sometimes or usually they will come in, in, in floppy disks or in, in, in CDs that come with magazines and it's basically um, it's a piece of software that is meant to be shared so that you will get hooked on a game and it will be just a, a, a portion of the game yeah. and then you as, as Rob said in the end you, you'll, you'll try to beat the demo and in the end it will tell you hey, if you want to play the, the, the whole the whole game then call this number and order the game so in the olden days that was that was sort of like uh, the like what freemium is now yeah I gotta okay. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I'd forgotten it was shareware but I, you just made me think of something so back when I was in uh, grade 7 or 8 I don't know where but we got a shitty old computer that only took in floppy disks and I remember there was a dollar store nearby my, my place in the mall and you would go there and they had knockoff toys and shit like you for some reason I remember they had like Sailor Moon knockoff toys and Spider-Man like Spider Hero or something just bootleg from China <laughs> just just ripoffs but they had discs floppy disk games there you could buy like a pack and I remember I got one and it had like Duke Nukem on it but it was like a side scrolling so it was the original Duke Nukem yeah and I think that was a it was like a dollar and I think it was like a shareware game and I, I never got very far in it but I I think that's my very first experience of that. I, I'm sure I've played Wolfenstein on that. Because it's just like the whole... I remember having Wolfenstein and then playing through it to a certain point, never being able to finish. Now, I was really young when I played it, so I, I don't really remember much. But I'm sure that's how I would have played Wolfenstein the first time. Uh, Need for Speed came packed in with a computer I had. And, and Tomb Raider as well. And I can only play up to a certain point on those games... Of those games as well too. And most games that you will play back in the day for PC are, were probably shareware. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so I was never a PC gamer. I just played a few here and there or downloaded ROMs back then. Now shareware evolved, I think, to flash games and then to mobile, mobile games. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting no, you're right. It's, it's, it's perfect. And I, I wish that more mobile games would take that approach in that you play for a portion and then you pay. A charge game. to get a full game, yeah. not well, that was premium. The, that was the original uh, business scheme yeah. in mobile. You get the demo version of Angry Birds, right? And then you 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 have a link to buy the full version for a buck or two. Which I like. I'm cool with that. I think that's that's great. Yeah. Now, this demo shareware premium uh, light versions and things and all those terms are very related to the business of video games, right? So he's trying to get you the player yeah. to play the game at no cost get you hooked and then yeah you absolutely know, to, to incite you, to, you know, has that ever has I want to talk about certain demos and certain sources of demos but has that ever has a demo ever got you to buy a game like you something you weren't interested in then you played a demo and then you're like okay I really need to I really need to have this game no, the, most of the times when I went after demos, it was typically because it was a game I was excited for. Yes. So I, I can't say there's a whole lot. But there was one case where I got a game to play a demo, and I ended up liking that game a lot. The demo was great, too, but mm. the game itself was a pleasant surprise. I have two that, for sure, I got because I put the demos. So I'll tell you about those in a second. But I used to have... I've always had a PlayStation since PS1. I used to buy the magazines. Uh, I bought all the magazines because I just needed to read magazines about games. And especially back then because the websites weren't as popular to get that information from. I'd always go to a magazine. And 
PlayStation official PlayStation magazine and, and its other magazine. I think it was like PlayStation Monthly or something like that. Always had demo discs, and I would buy those, and I would just. I was in grade nine then, and I had like a job at Taco Bell or something, so I wasn't loaded. So I would buy those, buy those just to just to play those demo discs, and they sometimes they were they were just packed with games, and it was really cool. But so two games I bought because of those specific magazines, and two of my one of them is one of my favorite games of all time, and one is a game I look back fondly, and I want to play both of them for the show. One's Guitar Man, love that game. I got that demo with one stage from it. I was just enamored by that game, but and the demo was just a. For those who had played it, it was the B Jam Blue stage where you just you're fighting against this disco B guy with a trumpet, and there's like weird animals in in the background punching trees, and it was so weird. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. I loved it. And the other one was Rad Robotic Alchemic Drive. I have that game. I eBayed it way back. It was one of the first things I ever eBayed in my entire life. It was for PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation Two. Both of them were PlayStation Two. And it's this weird game, honestly. It's, it might be bottom of the barrel worthy, but I love it. It's, <laughs> it's bad and good. So what it is is just these giant monsters attack the town city that you're in. You're in a full, almost like a GTA-style city where you can roam around and do whatever you want, right? And these, So what happens is these kaiju will just show up. sometimes, And they're, they're different things, like a Godzilla one or a robot man, weird aliens and stuff. And and your and the voice acting is some of the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's incredible. And uh, you like have to go summon your robot, and and <laughs> I can't even describe this how terrible it's voiced and played. But so your character gets basically a PS2 controller, and you control the robot and all of his individual parts with the PS2 controller that you have and the character has. So you don't get into the robot. You you and your viewpoint never goes to the robots. Your viewpoint's always your character. Your character has jump in a basic fly. He can fly for a little bit. So you have to guide your robot from your character's perspective. And your character is on a controller, basically. Well, your character is holding a controller. controller and yeah. you're moving your character on. It's like, you have to get on top very, of it. Very, very bizarre. It's amazing. I love it. And you have to get on top of buildings to keep it, keep it yeah, in yeah, mind, yeah. right? So the fights are very slow. But you're like, L2 will move one leg, R2. So you have to start, like, syncing up. So it's like, so you feel like you're really controlling the robot. And you like you use the analogs to swing the arms, and you'll like the, it'll do like this really weird like lazy uppercut, and it'll slowly hit the monster, and the monster will go like four hundred feet into the air and crash in the buildings and blow stuff up. And you and your robot can like transform one's a ship, one's a tank, and one's something else. So you can get your character onto your robot. So one of the fun parts to do is to get your character onto the shoulder of the robot and just start walking around with it. <laughs> I would spend like hours just fucking around with the robot in like the first city. Just just you just walk around to the ruining buildings and stepping on people. I love that. And that, that demo is like, I have to have this game. I never no one's heard of it. I've never you guys didn't heard of it. Nope. And most I don't think a lot I don't think I've ever met someone else who's heard of this game. Outside of people who may have known it because of me, I love that game. I still have it, and I, I'm, we're gonna, we're going to show the world that game. We have to, even All if right. I bought the barrel, it is yeah, fine. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so demos were great, especially when someone when you're you're a kid, you don't have a lot of money, you buy a disc, and 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 for a snob like me, owning the disc of demos feels better than downloading demos to me for some odd reason. Now, downloading demos of today, which is what is, we're is, into, is yeah. amazing. Like I, it's I, great, right? I love it. I think I think it's one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. Um, you get a chance to kind of try. A qu- it's it's almost like instead of renting it, I'd rather just get the demo, yeah. and then if I like it, then I'm going to buy it. Yeah, exactly. It, right? so. What do you think about amazing demos that have like a lot, like a high profile? People are loving the demo, and they're into it. The demo's like 
crafted masterpiece, and then they remove it from the shop and never let you install or download it again. Wow. PT! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you have a specific example in mind, Rob? I would love to have played PT, but yeah. I cannot. So that's a bad case of demos yeah, being yeah. taken away. Ooh, no, demos was... are great. And uh, I have demos on my PlayStation 3, like the Simpsons Arcade. We were waiting for you once, and we played we the first playing, level, yeah, level yeah. of the Simpsons Arcade demo that I had downloaded and stuff. Um, I guess... I'll talk about it since I already spoke about two of my favorites. A couple of demos that I have, like, I have fond memories of the demos, but not the games. I never bought the games. But uh, Captain Blasto for the PS1. Uh, I'm sure I've played that. It's weird. Yeah. Jersey Devil for the PlayStation 1. These are, like, platform, 3D platforming games. Need for Speed. Oh, I mentioned that, actually. Need for Speed PC built-in demo. Bloody Roar 2. I knew. See, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Whenever you mentioned, what's a demo game that made you want to play the real game? I'm pretty sure I played yeah. the Bloody Roar 2 demo. Yeah, but me too. I don't remember how I played it. I never bought was, it. Was it a, is it a disc with just the It was demo? a disc. Well, for me, it was a disc that came with a magazine. No, well, maybe. I think a friend of mine had it, and I was yeah. playing it. You had, like, two, three characters. Because, because back then, I would not buy <laughs> I would not buy a PlayStation game did not have a double disc. Yeah, of course not. I was just, like... Just not worth it. No, I'm, I'm going to buy Final Fantasy. He's going to have like eight discs and I'm going to play it. E- even games that were only one disc but had like a soundtrack and came in that thick disc. Like, you're, you're good. okay, yeah, I'm good with that. That's fair. So, and I would never buy a fighting game at all. I was like, no, can't do it. It's not worth the money. Of course I've changed. I actually bought pro- uh, Jump Superstars Versus. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. J-Star... Victory versus, I think, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much you play. I do buy fighting games now, Dragon Ball Z Universe. But uh, back then, I, I wouldn't touch it. And oh, Final Fantasy VIII demo was another demo I played that I was really excited about. I don't know about. if I ever tried that one. So, how about you, Sage? What's your experience with demos? You've been very quiet, contemplative, demoing a different conversation in your head, perhaps. Well, you have to understand that the the, the world was very different back in the nineties, in the eighties. Yes. So, uh, what constitutes a demo, it can be very broad, right? For, because when you go to a store, because, again, in the 90s and the 80s, there was no internet. So, getting information well. or seeing game footage or something like that was a big deal. Yes, yeah, um, absolutely. So, you would rely on, on magazines or going to stores and actually playing the game there. Yep. So, even though it, it wasn't an actual demo, but most of the time it was, because... Uh, they will only let you play like I don't know, like three minutes of a game, right? I had what bonk for the Turbo Graphics. Uh, yeah, you're right. I would go. To, I remember a store in a mall when I lived in the town I lived in had a display version of, of Bonk the Caveman. You guys familiar with Bonk? Mm-hmm. Bonk's familiar. awesome. The bald pit. Yeah, yeah. And I remember playing that a lot. At, it was always the same level at that store. But yeah, exactly. And I would I would look forward to going to the mall. I'd be like, Mom, can I stop by and, and play this for a few minutes? Just because mm-hmm. I wanted to play. The game was great. Yeah, so if you ever go to a trade show like E3, what you will most likely play will be demo versions yeah, of the absolutely. game. So demo is a big part of the industry. But back in the day, again, you'll go to stores to actually experience or actually just see the game because otherwise, I mean, it's it's so, it's so difficult to imagine. I mean, we, we grew up in that era, but... It's very difficult to, to explain this to, to kids Well, now. Left has no idea what you're talking about. All right. Because yeah, he, was, um, uh, he wasn't even born in the 90s. Or even even like going <laughs> going to, to, to the place of your friend, which had a, a game that you don't have. It's, it kind of is a demo of sorts. Yeah, yeah, right? this in is a way. Like, this, is like, this episode is like an episode of stories, I, which is great. I think people like to hear people's stories about the stuff. And when I was uh, six or seven, I lived in like an apartment complex and it was a it was a, like a, a series of apartment complexes. It was like a, kind of like in the 
it was just called East Side. It was like the grassy area. So kids were out playing and stuff. It was pretty normal. And a, and a friend of mine, I don't know who, I don't remember him, but he had Mario 2 and Nintendo. And that was a huge deal to me. I don't even think I had an NES back then. I'd played one before. And I remember going over to this house, this kid's house and like, I, I want to play. And his, his mom gave us cheeseburgers. I remember that for some reason. <laughs> and I was playing Mario 2 for hours. And my mom, I left and I'm like, oh, I saw my mom driving around looking frantically for me. It was like 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, I think I was in grade 1. And I was like, I was like, I know, I'm sorry, but I was playing, I did not say it like this because I was a little <laughs> kid. I was like, sorry, I was playing Mario 2. It was amazing. And it was. I loved, and I still have a, a fond remembrance of Mario 2 for that demo version I had of it. Well, um, I kind of mentioned, you, we talked a little bit ago how early demos were a lot of times just kind of like game, play. it showed you gameplay, you weren't playing it. Yes, yeah, like, like a trailer. Yeah. Um, and Rob has a VHS of Aladdin for like Super Nintendo, yeah. Sega Genesis, Super, Super, Nintendo. Super Nintendo one, yeah. Um, and it's really cool because it's literally just, I don't think we ever, did we watch it? Did you watch no, it? I didn't no. watch it. And I'm assuming it's, it's just, yeah, true enough. Um, I'm assuming it's really just some gameplay. You can um, watch it on YouTube. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Now, the very first game for me that was like super hyped when I was a little kid was Donkey Kong Country. And that, my parents never really liked that I played video games, to be honest. They always thought I should be doing other stuff yeah. and whatever. But for some reason, even they got really hyped for Donkey Kong Country. Really? Yeah, I was, That's it was weird. really surprising. But I think, I think my dad really likes technology and they were talking about like the innovative or innovations that were in Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that. So I think that That's got cool. him excited. Um, and for an, I had a Nintendo Power subscription. Nice. And there was, uh, you could purchase the demo VHS for the upcoming Donkey Kong Country game. And I was really hyped for it. And then my dad was like, let's do it. So we got it. <laughs> and I used to watch that. Still have it? No, oh. no. I, I'm, I'm sure I've sold it for a few dollars to an old pawn Probably shop. worth quite a bit. I know. And I, it, it's one of those things I kick myself for right now. I totally forgot about this until we started talking about it, to be honest. It's not. Um, but yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. And it was just a fun thing. It was mostly, it didn't show a lot of gameplay of, like, I, I, a lot of times I'd fast forward it just to watch the gameplay over and over and over again because I was so excited it's for the fun. game. Um, but most of it was just kind of like the developers and it yeah. was kind of showing that, which is really cool. That's super As cool. a kid, I didn't care that much about it, which is kind of well, a shame. But... Even when I was like in high school and inter- internet existed, but again, I still got most of my information from magazines. I would just stare at screenshots of games the that same. were coming out same. for like, I would go back every few days, like, I can't wait for this game. And I would just study this. It's, it's so it's such a different perspective as a kid versus an adult. It's an adult now. It's like, well, I'll see it, but then I'll just kind of move on. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, I'm cool waiting. It comes out. Oh, hooray! But I, I guess it's kind of funny because as a kid, you get like the, the average kid. Like some adult, if you ever come from a well-off family, maybe you get a bunch of games. But as a kid, I got like four or five a year. And when yeah, you go in high school, I had my own job. I got a little bit more, but it still wasn't much. You'd play one game for months. But for me, I have so many games and so many I want to play that. I don't really care about waiting too much because I can just all just play other games. Yeah. But to to wait and agonize like oh we're getting final like waiting for FF eight and nine was like agony for me. I'm like I gotta get that next game. Part of it too is that one thing I realized is I'm so much better at video games as an adult though, <laughs> and like because I'll get through a game just a lot quicker. That's you know. No, I, I don't know even, if I like, any better. Uh, well, like I well it's it's kind of a, a poor example, but like with my RPG. I used to like break my head over playing this game, but now I'm cruising through it, so it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I played half of that game. I didn't finish it. Really? Yeah, it's for shame. I played a ROM version um, when I was in high school. You never saw like the Power Ranger rip I know who you're talking about. Yeah. What an Axe Layer? Axe yeah. Rangers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I have I've seen them, but I never got very far. That's pretty game. funny. 
That was pretty mm. cool. So back in the early 90s, I mean, I was only very accustomed to see 8-bit graphics with Nintendo. So when the announcement of... When I knew what the, that the Super Nintendo was being released, I wasn't really hyped because I thought, well, this is it, right? I mean, it's the same thing. 8-bit graphics um, keep getting better and better because if you compare Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers 3, oh. you can see that evolution. Oh, yeah, so you, you, you think... There's no way this can look any better. <laughs> so, uh, the first time I saw Super Nintendo and Super Mario World, I was so blown away. And it, you, you, you could say it was a demo, because it was in a Kmart. Oh, nice. Um, so I was there, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. That not only made me want, uh, want to play Super Mario World, but actually get a Super Nintendo. And, and I mean, that's the effect of a, of a demonstration, right? Um, the other one that I can remember that made a huge impact on me was Doom. Because the thing with shareware is that people left the files in the computers, right? So back in the day, computers were very expensive. So you you wouldn't have a computer at home, but you will, you will uh, use computers at schools or libraries or something. Yeah. So I remember I was, I was doing, um, I was having a class on computers and, and somebody left Doom there, <laughs> right? And it was back in this was in the in the mid nineties when Windows ninety five was still like <laughs> like whoa what's this right? when yeah so I played Doom and I, I, I it, the the impact it made on me was so big uh, that I actually went and, and and made me want to have a computer at home. Why not get it for the Super and Nintendo? I, I bought huh? Why not get it for Super? What do you mean? Why didn't you get it for the Super Nintendo? I didn't know. Oh yeah. okay. I didn't know there was a version for the Super Nintendo. Um. Anyway, I got Doom. I I, I bought an actual copy of Doom too. <laughs> it was great. It Man, was box cool. copy PC games back then it looked really cool. Yeah, huge boxes. No, the the other demo that had me really really excited when I was probably fifteen sixteen was Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. Came with Zone of the Enders. Zone of Enders. I bought yeah. Zone of the Enders. For, I think just because I wanted the game. Yeah. But I played that demo. Yeah, so, yeah. And I didn't even like Metal Gear. <laughs> I loved Metal Gear, especially at the time, and I was really excited for the sequel. And it was a very, it was a really strange sequel, too, because, well, like, I played, I, I got, I rented Zone of Enders. I yeah. just rented it. Um, and then immediately just like Metal Gear. And I, I loved it. It was great. You got to be Snake. You got to do the whole first, up to the first kind of boss fight. Then when the game switches over to Raiden, which was kind of funny because if anyone's ever played it, you play the beginning as Snake and the rest of the game is Raiden. Yeah. And the demo was just Snake. Yeah. So then when I played it, I'm like, oh, I'm Snake again. And then it turns out, no, 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 I did everything I could do as Snake in that game pretty much. You can pee as Raiden. Hmm? You can pee as Raiden. That's innovation. Uh, it's but funny. Zone of Enders, I actually ended up really enjoying it's a great game. because of that. I never would have known about that game otherwise. So uh, One game that I mostly bought it's four for the demo. It's fun with the 12. Uh, the FF12 demo came with Dragon Quest Eight, and I was moderately interested in Dragon Quest Eight. but when I heard that the demo was coming for 12, that had me yeah. sold, and I got that. I remember playing that demo. Oops. Thank you. I remember playing that demo quite a bit, actually, because it was, it was a good demo. And uh, a few other, like, it's fun thinking back of these displays and stuff. I remember playing uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, I love Diddy Kong. Uh, Is there a demo? You played demo? I played, I played the, just a, a store version. Yeah. Okay. I guess we're grouping up store displays with demos because well, they're spiritually demos. Well, it's the one is the same. Really. And the other one, and this other this other one is actually funny because I have a lot of misplaced nostalgia for this device, but I never owned it. But I remember playing it at a Walmart and I, and I want one really bad and that's Virtual Boy. 
They had Virtual Boy there, and all these years, I just really wanted Virtual Boy. I, I, I played a demo of Virtual Boy in a, in a store once, and I thought it looked really cool, but it I don't think fun. I would ever want to play one nowadays. Owning one would be cool, but you wouldn't play it. How cool was it to walk by? Because there wasn't even that many game stores back then. Like in the early 90s, mid-90s? Maybe mid-90s there was, but in the early 90s, not where I lived, there wasn't that many. Well, there was no game stores. It was just big box stores. You'd buy yeah, you would go in and see just displays them, yeah. and that would be really exciting. Just, just that, or like Sears catalogs would sometimes have game game lists of games in there, mm-hmm. and I would look at all the games I would never have because they were way too expensive back then. That's when we saw the well, like the expensive cost of old games in the nineties. Oh man, crazy. especially in Canada, yeah, because we got the the our dollar was shit. <laughs> I mean, it's still not great now, but it was even worse back then. Yeah, demos though, those are great. I think those are. I'm glad that they exist on both mobile and still exist on, yeah. on console. I, I really like the way demos went. Um, it it really replaced the need to rent a game because a lot of the times you did rent a game to see how interested you were in it. Yeah. And then now you just have the option to play a demo. Of most games that, that are available, you can get a free demo, which I, I think is amazing and I'm glad they, they keep it. I up. think we need to do an episode on video game rentals, actually. That would be we'll fun. We'll go rent some games. No, we'll talk about... What we're doing now, we're just talking about demos <laughs> no, and stuff no, we no. played when we were, when we were younger. And when Nintendo usually doesn't do demos. I mean, actually, I mean... Pokemon and Omega right Ruby now. and Alpha Sapphire had a demo. And nice... So here's... Thank you so much for bringing this up. This is great, because I would have forgot. One thing I love that certain companies have done with demos that I don't see enough of is uh, Bradley Default. Yes, yeah, it's a And good Pokemon point. Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire slightly original little story for them with stuff that carry over to the main game. So, with Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire... I didn't know about Pokemon. Yeah, you got a Pokemon. You got a Mega Pokemon, Glalie, with with the stone, as well as some items that you can transfer over to the actual game. I had no idea. I knew Barely Default. I I played that. I imagine there's others, but those are the two that I happen to have played myself. Those are recent, and, and yeah, they're, yeah, they're and, great. and it's just a cool example of just like a unique demo. It's 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 not even a demo almost. It's it's this whole it, thing. It demos the full it's game. It's a pink hour. It's a pink, pink, pink hour. hour. It's a demo. Yeah, there yeah, we yeah, go. That's a great game. Pink, yeah. hour. pink hour is a lo- it's a little game, but it's still functionally a demo. And that mm-hmm. was a that was a fun. That was great. That's yeah, that was great. Here we go. We all great come back. Example. Now we we've talked about the experimental nature of Splatoon. Yes, the demo for Splatoon. That's was, another was one. Very oh, experimental, yeah. but I had a great time and, and got me really, really pumped and convinced yeah. that Splatoon was a great game. I mean, mechanically, it was super strong. That's yeah. a, that's another point. The global test fire, yeah, where test they fire. would let you for people who don't know they would let you download a demo version of the game, and since it's a multiplayer game only for the for the demo for a certain hour, they would stress hit the server and let you play. Yes, essentially all it was was a stress test and they it was it was annoying how it's like between two and yeah. four but like I get why you know they why. did that because that's, that's how you do it, you that's that how you do a stress test yeah. right but yeah. um, you try to get as many people on in a small time frame but and this is uh, this is an episode on its own too but betas is another example of a, of a kind of a demo I mean it really is a demo in a way yeah well, but it's like, still its own thing yeah well like for example like I've been playing a game right now that's an alpha and mm-hmm. you still pay to play this game it's oh, not it's a, a free game but it's one of those things you're constantly updating and it's part of the whole new these like survival type games it's like arc right um Oh, uh, survival advance, whatever it is. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, about early access, but and that's kind of that's, what this is. This is uh, what this is. It's, too, it's early right? access. It's very. It's like a it's lot cheap, of stuff. And I'm assuming it's going to probably be a sixty, seventy dollar game when it's finished. But right now, I bought into it for like twenty bucks. Well, Starbound was another one. Yes, that I paid. Go, I paid yeah. full price for for the game, and that's play early. and that's Steam. Not really a demo, this is what though. Steam does for for PC games, especially. So a, a lot of early access. 
Yeah, exactly. A lot of stuff stems to stemmed from that general demo concept. Yeah, de- definitely. And it's it great. Shows how they've evolved. Yeah, it's, it's gonna have a lot of appreciation for for it. It's it's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it still exists. No, so no one is it's just parallel to those it's inspired as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's not re- it's not irrelevant anymore. No, no, it they, just keeps it's, going. It spawned its own kind of things, so. and itself kept going. A lot of things become redundant when they've come when they spawn other things or other things grow yeah. from it. But demos aren't redundant; no, they're no, still great. They're still very you still valid. give them a demo, and it's still good. You, so. You're still excited to get one. Yeah, for sure. Anything else to say about demos? Well, I think that a good conclusion is that. All those techniques that we saw at the beginning of the shareware um, era, back in the 90s, with Doom and Apogee and, and, and companies like that, that made a living out of you know bundling games with magazines and then selling full versions uh, for the shareware games, um, evolved, as I said, to what we currently have in mobile gaming, which is a, this is a huge industry. And it, it, it started with the light version, light and full, and now it's basically all, it's the, the freemium game, right? Where you download the game for free, you start playing it, and all those techniques, but bundled up in a single experience, right? Now you have microtransactions and all that. You don't so see I, a lot of light anymore. That's kind of gone. No, yeah. it's kind of gone. Yeah. yeah, it's gone. Uh, it's still kind of there, but now it's mostly freemium yeah, games. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's where, where we are at right yeah. now. And we're seeing, like... Major companies moving towards that with Nintendo. Yeah, uh, next it's good. It lasts to the end of the year next year. So, I mean, demos are pretty important. I don't think they're going anywhere. No, they can't. Absolutely not. It's going to evolve uh, naturally. Yeah, we'll it's, see where it goes. Yeah, totally. yeah. we'll see where we go. Where Bonus Bro goes, where games go. The Oculus Rift, the future, VR. Get a demo of an Oculus Rift. Think about putting they send you one in, and it's really cheap, and it breaks after about yeah. five uses. Imagine you put on your Oculus Rift or Morpheus, whatever, and then you see us sitting in the room, and you get, <laughs> and you get to listen to Bonus Barrel. You get to be and watch, in, you get on to bonus be in on Bonus Barrel. That's the future of, of us. Yeah, I think. I think that you all, all two of you, Lauren, <laughs> Greg, Lauren's wife listens too. So, so we do. We have at least one female listener. That's great. We got, we got to start uh, appealing to that demographic. Right. So. Next week, Monsters High. <laughs> That's not good, Left. You're going you're gonna to hear full of that. Not all girls like girl games. Next week, My Little Pony. <laughs> I'm kidding. Next week, Tomb Raider. See, there we go. Wait, no. Next week, World of Warcraft. Because everybody plays World of Warcraft. I guess so. <laughs> that appeals to everybody. There so. you go. No one no gets, gets hurt. We're joking, okay? Just calm, just calm down. I'm looking at the mic like it's a person. <laughs> calm down. Just calm down out there, all right? I all right. Let's let's wrap this episode up. I think it's just pretty good. We finally got the demo. Finally, we finally did it. Demos are no longer elusive. I don't even know what our next topic. Well, Dragon Ball Month is starting like now, so I think next week's topic should be a Kiritoriyama inspired or Akira Toriyama game related art. There you go. Because he's done games or artwork for a lot of games. games. And I think maybe we can do um, Amano another another week. Uh, licensed anime games another week. I think I'll make a list, but I have right, some right. good ideas. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But Dragon Ball Month will we'll have a lot of uh, topics that are related to anime and stuff. So you know that to look forward to. So this is let's wrap. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to Bonus Barrel. You too. Videos coming out all the time, every week, multiple videos. Enjoy them. Like and subscribe. We need a 480 more subscribers <laughs> until we can get our shortened version of our URL. So you should get on that. 
Twitter, tweet at us. Uh, don't like Sadie's attitude? Let him know. Don't like Left's enth- enthusiasm? Let him know. Nothing bad to say about me, of course. <laughs> but let me know that too. You like me? Tell me. I need to hear that kind of thing. Facebook is a thing. Website, bonusbarrel.com. We're everywhere. That is important. Blog posts still don't exist. But it might someday. We never know. So you go to the website for a surprise. So thank you for listening. This is Rob. And Left. Have a good one. BB out. <laughs>